The subtleties of translation of prose are very enigmatic, so I'm glad it's not my job. Welcome, my mere model lads, to another round of the book reviews. My name is Kyron, and I do these book reviews for those who want to transcend beyond their own mere mortality to get the juicy details from the books that they're reading to maybe save you some time. And today we're looking at a book called El Aprendizaje del Escritor by Jorge Luis Borges. And this was written in Spanish, so the title in English is something along the lines of Borges on writing. But I'm going to talk a little bit about why that uh, translation itself might be enigmatic and, and difficult to decipher. So this book was originally published in 1973, and it's an edited transcript of Borges himself uh, talking with his translator, talking with some other colleagues. So his translator was Norman Thomas Di Giovanni, so he was uh, Italian, I believe, uh, Daniel Halpern and Frank, Frank McShane. And then this book itself was translated by Julian E. Esquiera, something like that. And this took the, the form of three parts. So essentially, there was parts on fiction, poetry, and then the translation process. So what would this actually entail? Well, the fiction part would be a deconstruction, a line-by-line deconstruction of one of his own poems called uh, The End of the Jewel. And so the basically, it was him talking with these other people, and this has been translated or or taken from a tape, a recording of, of this seminar, um, which was in 1971 in the US with uh, a bunch of students. And they, they, were dis- they were discussing his own work. So they would look at, okay, why did you choose to write this line this way? What's the significance of the word, you know, amazing in this context? Why didn't you choose a different word? So they will go through these, these sections, I guess. They would then look at some of his poetry and his process of writing. Why did you uh, choose to do this? Where do you get your inspiration from? What are your thoughts of time with regards to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the translation process is them discussing, okay, how do you translate from English to Spanish? What decisions do you make in this process? Uh, the, the, this form actually has a part where they are analyzing a tape of themselves of translating and then discussing over that, which has now been translated and put into a book. So it's very, very meta. <laughs> uh, the, I'll, talk, I'll talk a little bit about the author and, um, and why they chose this format, I suppose, for this book for, for getting onto some of the themes. So he was an Argentinian writer, um, Jorge Luis Borges, a, a poet, essayist, wrote a lot of short stories and was very popular during the Latin American boom period. So this was the period of roughly the mid-1900s, maybe mid to late 1900s, where a bunch of very famous um, people rose from the Latin American uh, field, the the area of of writers. So think along the lines of people previously covered in this channel, like um, Gabriel García Márquez, Julio Cortázar, Mario Vargas Llosa. And this was, um, I suppose a book examining just his whole process. So why, why, um, why he chooses to, to make the decisions he does. Now, it was, it was done in this format because I think partly because he was going blind himself. So he didn't have as much ability to write per se, but he could talk about his own writing a lot. He, he still was writing, but I think his, his process was very different. So this, was, this book itself was a, an examination, I guess, of, of his process and 
the more the spoken word format because he himself maybe couldn't write about writing because he was going blind and so that would make things you know immensely more difficult uh now this was translated now uh translated from english so uh jorge luis borges was bilingual he could speak i think a couple of different languages but certainly uh his english was definitely good enough so this book itself whilst they were speaking in english in in america this book was translated into Spanish, and so I was reading a Spanish translation. We'll get on to the first theme, which is interpretation, the role of the translator. And the first thing we're looking at here, I guess, is, is it literal or should it be more the intention? So when you're translating something, uh, there's, there's, I guess, design processes you need to, you need to think about. You know, what, what does this word actually mean? Uh, Maybe literally you could say, okay, the house is la casa, but, you know, I could be maybe referring to the house as a home. And so that should maybe be hogar, even though the literal translation should be casa, something like that. Now, I guess you could ask, okay, which is correct? Uh, I've talked about this previously when I was reviewing the Tao Te Ching and I had two books with me and I'd read both of them and one was a much more literal translation and one was more, I would say, the intention behind it. And you could see how the this was actually quite different between these two books because one maybe came across a little bit more stilted but was closer to the original in the literal sense obviously and then the the other one you could look at line by line and they'd be almost completely different and you go okay well how does this work where where does one where should one sit on this and you know how do you find the balance i guess between the two of these as well from what they were discussing in this section um particularly about the translation process it sounded like um borges and his translator di giovanni they sided more along the the sense side of things the 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 intention uh it it didn't really particularly matter if this word was changed in a way where in an individual one off you'd be like that's not the correct translation but the sense wise they they seem to prefer more the having the feeling retaining the feeling through time rather than trying to keep it more literal so their process was a, a joint collaboration. You could see how they would be um, using the both of them to, to I guess, form one mind to do the translation process. So they would sit in a room and they would discuss, okay, what should this word be? Should this word be like a dark nightmare, a bad dream, uh, a horrifying encounter? And, you know, um, there's so many different ways you could you could put it. And their process was like, let's get together and we'll, we'll try and create one mind to do this because um, Borges' English was was more a... Uh, he, he had this old style of English that he'd learned from his mum, uh, whereas his translator had a more modern American style. And so, you know, they would, they would blend the two of these together to try and get something out. And one of the beautiful things about this was they could really fix misunderstandings since... This is one of the times where it's like, okay, would it have been better if he'd just, you know, one of them had just translated themselves? They seem to indicate that the process of the two of them being together was was good because they could, uh, I guess, get the author's intention across. So maybe it would have been preferable if, if, if they were going for like a more literal translation for just one person to be doing it because they were going for the intention. 
it was nice to have the author's input and being like, no, that, that yes, bad nightmare is kind of what I was getting at, but I really wanted to emphasize the badness. It should really be a terrifying night for, nightmare. And so there were some other considerations that they took in the, in the process as well. So there was subtle regional nuances. So this is where you would need the writer and being like, oh, yeah, in this you know, section of Argentina here, that that word has a completely different sense than the typical that you will find across the rest of Latin America. The they were discussing how poetry is quite hard itself. They they found that there's something about poetry that makes it much 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 more difficult to to translate properly. I guess, and this is where you almost certainly need to have the author's input to to really get something across. Uh, there was all these like small things as well, which I, I found quite amusing. So he was uh, annoyed at an editor once who he made a mistake in his own books. He referred to something in the past, uh, like two days or three days in the past when he should have said five days ago, this event happened. And it was just blindingly obvious. He himself realized after the book had already been printed, it, it had escaped all of the all the processes that are normally in place to catch these sort of errors. And he was like, damn it, I, I missed that one. But his book was getting translated, and so he said, oh, beautiful. You can just fix it up there. There was a mistake on my part. Um, don't, don't keep that in there. But the editor who was doing the translation decided to keep it in anyway because he wanted to stay more true to the original, even though it was against the author's wishes, and he was quite annoyed by that. So it was really funny seeing how the more literal translation could actually be detrimental in a sense because even the author himself was like, no, 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 I don't want that. That's that's not what I was trying to get at. Uh, so, yeah, very, uh, you know, is there anything to really learn by this? I guess it was just interesting seeing that the, if you're going to go for the more sense style of or the more intention-wise translation, you probably want to have input from the author because that can make quite a big difference. The other theme I guess I wanted to go on to was writers, how to be a good one. So this was book, uh, the book is on writing. And uh, like I was mentioning just before, if I was going to do the literal translation from El Aprendizaje del Escritor, that is the writer's apprenticeship. So, you know, how does Borges on writing translate to the, the writer's apprenticeship in Spanish? Like it's, it's, it's funny, these nuances and being like, oh, okay, I can see that. I can see that now. So the, the writers, how, how do you be a good one? Well, he says it must be front of mind. And I'm going to read a little quote from the back here. And it says, Yo creo que el deber de un escritor es ser un escritor. Y si puede ser un buen escritor, está entonces cumpliendo con su deber. So that is basically translated as something along the lines of, uh, I believe that the, the task of a writer is to be a writer. And if you can be a good writer, then good. You're accomplishing your, your task. So for him, it was it needed to be front of mind, I guess. You can't be a good writer unless you're actively trying to be a good writer and that you should be very aware of the pitfalls that can crop up um, when you're writing, which will result in substandard works. So he was very particular in this book and, and what he was saying in, in here was you don't you need to be aware of the influences and so he would really try and stay take his own personal preferences out of certain things so he was you know somewhat political but he would really try and write books as if 
that that was not influencing it or at least he would just be very mindful being like okay i don't particularly like this party for example or these policies but uh, you know this the themes in this book touch upon it and i shouldn't let my own judgments really play a big part of it unless it makes sense for the story and that is what is good for the story i shouldn't be using it as propaganda for example which is something you might more find along the lines of Anne Rand's The Fountainhead or Atlas Shrugged. She had a task in mind, a, a purpose that she wanted to convey and, you know, let it loose forth in a, in a process which the books are okay. Um, I, I haven't reviewed them on this channel per se, but the, you could see that, you know, there was something she was really driving at and she, was, she wrote with the purpose in mind beforehand to convey something um, with regards to her politics. Now, um, Borges, for example, was saying more along the lines of, no, when I write, I don't, I don't want to have the front of mind purpose. And when I'm writing, I, I really need to be mindful of just my own influences. So his personal style, I guess you would say, would be uh, no politics or outside influences. Um, he was writing only for himself. So he would basically be saying, I want good writing and I really enjoy it. But I'm not writing for an audience. And this was a, a personal choice for himself. Uh, he didn't want other translations affecting his works, for example. So uh, when he was translating something or, or, or examining like a topic, he, would, he purposefully wouldn't examine other people's works on that because he wouldn't want that to, to influence him or to copycat inadvertently. Think of people such as comedians who unintentionally steal jokes because they heard it from someone else they think they come up with it later uh, and then he would also sit in on an idea so he wouldn't be the type of writer to you know schedule i'm going to be in this room for three hours today i'm going to make sure i do this amount of work no matter what he was more of a sort of i'll when the muse comes i'll 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 stew in it and uh, i'm not going to try and force it out of me and if he had an idea, he wouldn't immediately write it down. He would just keep it in his head and he would be thinking about it for sometimes months, years even at a time. Um, he would find a, a good quote or a, an idiom, a phrase, and he would just leave that sit in his mind and then be able to drag that out later and, and create some some piece of work from that, which I, I thought was a yeah very different from other people such as Stephen King, who wrote more of a a technical style so uh, i covered the book on writing and he was talking more about you know these are some of the grammar rules that you should follow where you don't want to use run-on sentences or you know these certain words after these words because that creates a you know a, you shouldn't use the passive voice things like that uh, there wasn't much of that in this book he, all of his suggestions i suppose or not even suggestions his just talking about his own process of writing and, and being a good writer was all very personal. It was, it was more just like, hey, this is how I do it, but not the technical style uh, at all. But he was very open about his process. So, and he wasn't trying to convince people either. I think he was just saying, this is how I do it. We'll go into some observations and takeaways before going on to the summary. And one of the things I noticed from this book was it was really difficult to guess what his opinion would be on a certain topic. So you would sort of think like, okay, he's a writer. He, he might be, you know, he's very artistic, obviously. He's sort of go with the flow type of thing. 
maybe he'll be very open to certain suggestions or he'll be very liberal with regards to certain things. But it was really hard when, and you could particularly notice this when the students would ask a question such as what are your thoughts on, you know, how, how do you view time when you're writing a lot, a novel? Is it a linear process? Do you, you know, these would be the sort of questions that'd be asked. And for some of them, he'd be just super open saying like, Oh, I don't really know. I haven't really thought about it. And then others, he would be sort of like hard stance. No, this is how it has to be for me. Um, I, I always think of this certain aspect when I'm writing and, it was quite funny just realizing <clears throat> that he he didn't have a particular he couldn't you couldn't put him in a box easily i guess you'd say now there was a <clears throat> a lot of back and forth in this book as well and i enjoyed that aspect of the audio being translated down you know a spoken word being translated into a book format when it's a back and forth whereas some of the Buddhist lectures, for example, where it's just a speech, I don't find well works well in the book format, but this was acceptable. I, I didn't notice being like, oh, you could tell this was uh, just written down from a, a speech somewhere because obviously it was, it was written like, you know, Borges, blah, 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 Frank McShane, blah, 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 student, blah, blah, blah. So you could really tell like, oh, okay, it is audio taken from somewhere, but it didn't ruin the reading experience, I guess. So in summary, I'm going to say uh, the scratch and itch for me, which was really knowing about translations. Why is it so hard? Why do people make certain decisions? And how did these two in particular, um, Borges and his translator, go about the process? Um, I was really intrigued by the decisions that they have to make. And I suppose it just gave me some insights onto being like, oh, okay, this is how a translator mind works. And this is how a a writer's mind works. The It also gave a glimpse into, I guess, the incomprehensible, the unpredictable mind of an artist. It was, like I was saying, it's very hard to to pin him down and be like, oh, this is what Borges believes because he seemed to have very a very fluid mind and it, w- it was it was difficult to be like, yeah, this is, this is it. Uh, so it was short. The book itself was only 152, 150-ish pages. Uh, it was somewhat sloppy, fluffy, I guess, in a sense, like there wasn't real meat to to the book. Um, and I'd say this is really only targeted for certain people. So if you're intrigued about translations, if you particularly like Borges, if you're um, yeah wanting to know more about the poetry process or just writing in general, there's a good book for you. Otherwise, uh, I, I wouldn't say there's anything amazing in it. So overall, I'm going to give uh, Jorge Luis Borges has on writing, The Writer's Apprenticeship, or El Aprendizaje del Escritor. Choose whichever title you want. A 5 out of 10. It was okay. It was okay. Okay, and that is it for today, Mami Modelites. Thank you for joining me to this part of the audio. What are your thoughts on Jorge Luis Borges? Have you read any of his poetry, his essays, his short stories? Do you prefer more literal translations or more the intention behind it? And what are your thoughts on the writing process? Are you a writer? And does what Borges say about the, the writing process uh, strike you as something that you follow as well? I'd love to know all of these things. And the best way to to tell me about them is to send through a Boostergram. So Boostergram is a way to contact your favorite podcaster directly in the app that you're listening to it. So I always uh, like to recommend Fountain. That's probably my favorite at the moment. 
And basically, you send through uh, a message with a, uh, a payment of Satoshis attached to it as well. I read those out on the end of month book recaps. And uh, yeah, it's just a real fun way of giving me some feedback, which I always like to hear. And yeah, interacting with me personally and, you know, becoming part of the show as well, which is all very fun. So yeah, that's, that's it for today. I really do hope you enjoyed and thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you next time. Karen out.